Good morning. Happy Thursday, beautiful people. I'm Babs Rolls Ivy. Uh, Harry's doing du- jury duty. So Nora is in the big chair. Nora, are we are we actually on air? You got all the you got all the dials turned on, all the smoke coming out. What's happening? Because <laughs> you know Harry will come back whining about, oh, she she didn't do this. Oh, I have to do this. And you know, just ignore that. As long as we on the air, we good. <laughs> So I just want to make sure we we got all the bells and whistles. Are, are you good, Nora? You all right? <laughs> We're oh, good, Lord. Babs. Okay. <laughs> so so we on air. We could like, right. oh, I see me. I see us. All right, we on there. Yeah. All right. Happy Thursday. Did you did you stay at your house last night or you you still at your parents' house? I make a guess. <laughs> I, I'm gonna put money that you 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 stayed at your parents' house one more night. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> it's comfortable there. <laughs> yeah, because they they've already have it set up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is, your, is your room still the same? Or are you sleeping on the, in the den or in the guest room? I slept on their couch last night. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They're gonna get tired of you being on their couch. You're gonna be like, okay, Nora, baby. <laughs> You know, you yeah. you pay rent across town. <laughs> I gotta move my mattress in tonight. <laughs> oh, you gonna pick the hottest day of the week? Oh, how hot is it supposed to be today? Oh, girl, it's gonna be like feeling like a hundred hundred degrees. No, no, yeah. <laughs> and and high humidity. You got Ew. good friends. I did see all of that fog outside today. Yeah, that's that's called haze. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got good friends who gonna help you. <laughs> Well, I actually have moved mostly everything in. The only thing was the mattress because I had to buy a mattress. Okay. Um, and so you didn't have them to... deliver it? They could have delivered it. Uh, I'm going to make my brother help me or something. Okay. Well, is he old enough to drink? You could buy him some beers. Yeah, that's true. You I know. could do that. I probably yeah. will not. <laughs> and, and, and his friends. You got friends? Don't you need like two people or just you and him? I think just, I think the two of us can do that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Could enlist some others. But oh Lord. How are you doing, Babs? What's Listen, up it's summer. I, I'm telling everybody. I'm I'm happy that it is summer. Mm. So I don't yeah. I don't care about it being hot. Yeah. Um I don't care about it being hazy. I know that I care about it. I care about poor air quality. I yeah. Care about that. that but yeah. But but I don't care. I like summer, so I could be outside. I could be inside. I could go back outside. I could be back inside. It's it's all right with me. Yeah, scary to think about a time though when it'll just be unbearably, mm. truly unbearably hot. Well, it's only for a few days. <laughs> I was just reading um, uh, an article in CT News Junkie about you know, climate change and this theory that all human civilization or not human, but all uh, all life that becomes advanced enough to actually potentially look into traveling between galaxies or whatever. I don't know any of the technical terms because I don't understand the universe, but like the idea that they destroy themselves before they ever get to the point where they can actually explore life on other planets. Mm. Depressing. Well, that's that's the theory that we know now. As we get yeah. more information, we'll learn more, and that information might change. We'll see. 
So <laughs> I'm I'm good with it. <laughs> we we talk about we talk about space and terrestrials all the time because you know we just know that there are other life forms out there. Yeah. And uh at some point, and if they're not among us, they will be among us. My money is they're among us already and assimilating. So I'm of that thought that they're already here observing and not getting in the way. And you know, damn what Marvel says in these (laughs) comics, you know. Did you see man is here, but he's not trying to help us. They're just trying to observe and you know, because we we're going to uh we're going to extinct ourselves off this planet. Yeah. Because this planet is going to kick us off. It's going to turn on us. It's turning on us as we speak. It's going yeah. to make it uninhabitable. This planet is going to become uninhabitable because humans are not good stewards of the earth. Yeah. So I'm just saying. Just, just saying. saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Have you seen Nope, though? It's not really about. No. Did you see it? I saw it, but I can't say anything. I don't want to give anything away because you're going to see it, right? Did you like it? Yeah, I like it's not my favorite Jordan Peele movie, but um, well, he's only got like like three, three. I know, but I like both of the others better. (laughs) Uh, I I, I only saw one. The other one I couldn't do because it just it just looked like it was too scary. I know it's psychological, but I I just don't like that kind of stuff. You don't like horror movies. Yeah. That's, yeah, I feel like that's the same thing to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't go to horror movies either, although when I was younger, I did like Exorcist, Friday the 13th. I think that's just where I and then um, close. Uh, uh, what is it? Um, Amityville Horror. That was that was the three right there that just got me to like. No. And The Shining. Oh, The Shining is so scary. Yeah. So I those. And I saw them when they were new. So, so that's the thing that got me, uh, you know. Well, do you have thoughts on how the horror genre has changed over time, too? Like, it's gotten a lot more gory, right? And graphic. Yeah. It's just kind of gross. Yeah, I'm done. I, 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 don't, I don't like that kind of stuff in my brain. <laughs> I, I really don't. I don't like horror things. Uh, I like a good psychological whodunit. I was going to ask, are you like an Alfred Hitchcock? I'm an Al- Al- Alfred Hitchcock person. Yeah. I-, I love psychological thrillers. Yeah. I don't like horrors. I don't like anybody chasing me with a knife or a meat cleaver or I have to hide. <laughs> and, you know, I-, I just wouldn't. I was just like, listen, <laughs> listen, this is not going to go well for either one of us is. I'm not going to go down quietly and you're not going to stop until you kill me. So let's just, let's just go our separate ways right now. Cause there's no point in this, you know, I feel like those kind of horror movies though, are so extreme that they don't really scare me because they don't seem realistic. Like, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen to me that someone is going to, I don't know. Whereas with a psychological thriller, it seems so real and it's typically relatable in some deep way that's horrifying Mm. i don't know well unlike you i believe these things could happen and so yeah i i I don't i just don't and and i'm not one for 
and I and I don't scare easy, right? Like I'm not a scaredy cat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, you know what goes bump in the night. I'm not I'm not gonna freak out. I'm gonna investigate as best I can. But I'm gonna I'm gonna investigate on my way out the door. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Like if I get a sense somebody is in this house, I'm not going to stick around to find out what they're doing. <laughs> that's what I, that's my point that I'm making. Right. I'm, I'm going to just go out the door and with my phone and call the police and try to get as far as far away as I can. Oh, God. Also, did not... you, Harry's commenting on Facebook. I think, isn't he supposed to be a jury duty? Yeah. So why isn't he paying attention to, to jury stuff? Yeah. <laughs> what does he come what is he saying he said read the news nora jaws is real <laughs> it's, it's 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 shark season oh yeah, you see movies like that movies like that don't bother me like i yeah. i don't mind a good you know big shark movie i don't i kind of like those you know i'm not worried too much about jaws orca Blah 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 blah, and I like monster movies. Like I love a good mm. Godzilla, you know, King Kong. I like that kind of stuff. Not so much King mm. Kong. I I like a good Godzilla movie. Hmm. I Is like a good monster of... movie. Huh? I like a good monster movie. Oh. <laughs> Is that because that's actually seems distance from reality for you? Is that I don't a... even know. no? I I I. No, it just has a special place. No, I think all this stuff is real, so I don't. <laughs> I don't know what you mean when you're like, do you think this is departure from reality? Like, oh, it's all reality, girl. I, I don't, I don't just, yeah. So, but I, I like, I like a good, I like a good, like, I like alien stuff. I like monsters. I like that kind of stuff. Then you could see Nope. Yeah, I think I might. Yeah. It. I think I might see that. I might see it. I think I might see that. If if it's if it's an alien kind of thing, I'm with it. Yeah. Harry has serious FOMO. He keeps commenting. He says Orcas attacked a ship yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, <laughs> I didn't All see right. that. <laughs> Should we Google it? Uh, orcas. <laughs> well, you know, we are, we're always following up on. I tell you, these animals are fighting back. Yeah. You and Harry were talking about bears the other day, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Orcas attack a sink. Or- orcas attack and sink a sailboat with five on board. Oh. They had to be bears. rescued off the Portugal coast. Hmm. I'm telling you, these animals are like, get off my property. <laughs> Get, get out of the water <laughs> I, I orcas i don't you know first of all well you in these little sailboats so five of them jump up on you you know a bunch of them come at you they probably could do some damage if you in a little sailboat yeah you know what i mean so wow, that is really scary to think about though yeah i i'm not a small boat person no do you know what i mean i'm not not a small boat person (laughs) i'm not a small boat first of all i'm you know i'm five eight a lot of weight so i i'm not going to be in something that i know is gonna 
if I move, it's gonna sink. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> like nope, nope, not I'm not there yet. I I don't think I knew that small boat people were a category of people. Oh, Harry, there, I think there are very duty. Huh? I, yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I think there are small boat people. You know who they like the solitary of a small boat. Hmm. You know, not me. I got to be on like a 75 foot yacht. <laughs> not a kayak. No, hell no. <laughs> you are not. You know, when I see people in kayaks, they look like appetizers. <laughs> <laughs> they look like appetizers. I was like, now I used to take my kids kayaking at the church when they were little. Mm. That we had people in my church who liked to, who liked to kayak. And so we would always you know, go and they would enjoy it. Not me. <laughs> nope. I'm not doing it. Go have fun. Have fun. Yay. <laughs> wee. Not like a double kayak or something. Maybe no, girl, some company. Listen, that's just a bigger snack. No. <laughs> bigger snack. <laughs> I know. I just I don't know. And I've been, you know, I've been canoeing. I've been kayaking. Yeah. I personally don't like sitting on the water like that. Yeah. That, I don't, I just don't find that appealing. I'm, and I am surprised to hear that you are potentially pro yacht. <laughs> <laughs> you, you think I'd be anti-yacht? Maybe. Oh, okay. Why? Because <laughs> of the capitalism of it or the, yeah. of the, no. Mm-mm. Have you been on a yacht before? Yes, I have. Some hmm. good ass parties, Nora. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a sea sailing person, but I know a good party. I know I like a good party no matter where, no matter if it's on land or sea. Yeah. I like a good party. I would get seasick, I think. Do you? Yeah, but I also don't spend that much time slash any time on boats. So I don't really I don't either. Know, I feel like I would. I get really car sick too. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's gross. Okay. Well, yeah, we one should, of those shouldn't go those there. people. All right. Yeah. So unfortunately, this movement off of ground. That. Gosh, have you always been like that? Yeah. Wow. Like a sensitive stomach. Really. <laughs> yeah, but probably because I continue to abuse my body by eating lactose or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you do it. I couldn't survive that, so I can't play. You could play around. I can't play around. Right. I can't. I can't play around. But, mm. yeah, I I, I don't mind saying, like, uh, have you ever been on the Amistad schooner? No. Oh, you should take that tour. That's a fun. Yeah, I should. That, that, you might enjoy that. Maybe I'll get to do a story about that one day for the indie. Yeah, I mean they've done a bunch of stories over the years, right. and I think it's back. It's back in, it's back, and I think they're running tours every weekend through hmm. August. Oh, okay. I'll do that one weekend. Yeah, check their schedule out. Okay. You know, and uh, Long Wharf Theater, you know, is still having their dock deals. You know, they got that big giant tag sale. Hmm going on today from three to six and then again on Tuesday 
Ooh, I should so it runs that. until uh, August 11th. So every Thursday, Tuesday, three to six, three to six. And I think, I think a Sunday, I think there's a Saturday, Sunday component. <laughs> I know I bought some fabric. Mm. And some, and a, and a kitchen utensil. You know. Uh, Can you hear me? Chewing on a banana. Mm -mm. Okay, good. No. <laughs> so, are you are you running the board when we come for pundits, or you or yes. Harry might be back? No, I don't think Harry's going to be back. I'm hoping he'll be back early enough in the afternoon to do some of the audio editing and stuff like that. But oh, okay. Harry says he's convinced that he's going to be picked for a jury. He well, says good. he feels it this time. No, he probably won't get picked. Yeah, I really because you know what they're gonna take one look at him. They're gonna ask him some questions. <laughs> he says something really out there. <laughs> yes, he's gonna be like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> well, Harry would be just the the best person to be on a jury, though. There would just never be any consensus. <laughs> like, oh, I know. Oh, you might as well just give it up. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, justice would not be served with him on the jury. <laughs> just would not. No matter what that is. Do you know right. what I mean? <laughs> like, no matter what the justice is, whether, whether it's an acquittal or a conviction, it just would happen with him on the... Right. It would just be so contrary to whatever. Exactly. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But he's there, and that's good civic duty. Yeah. That is at the democracy of, of that is at the that is the foundation of our democracy, to have a jury of your peers, right? So, I, I've done it. I don't come back to jury duty for another three to five years. Did you actually serve on a jury, or did you? No, I never get picked. Yeah. First of all, they first of all they they never want black educated people. Mm. and i have multiple degrees so that's not gonna hell fly. yes yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is not gonna fly they're not gonna have me on a jury um that's number one um and number two i'm a bleeding heart liberal so mm. no <laughs> harry and i were talking about all of the like criteria they can use to eliminate people from serving on the jury and it's kind of all of the supposed biases and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 They, they know what they need to sway people. Right. But it's still, still though, the process is such, you should still do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's still, it's still worth everything to do. Yeah. Um, because that, that is, uh, I don't know where else they do that in the world, but here. Right. You know, so maybe in some parts of Europe, but I don't know here, it's, you know, and, and, and this system isn't good, right? Like our system is just, you know, it's just full of <sighs> holes and inaccuracies and pitfalls mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's racist in its application, you know, so yeah. <laughs> So is it it is not it's a perfect system. No. But it, but the potential <laughs> you know 
the potential is there for it to be great. And, and that's what we got to hold on to. If human civilization doesn't implode first. Well, and, and we don't get extinct off this planet. Yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, anyway, all is well. Um, all is well all is well um i got a great guest at 1015 karen debose walton who's running for uh connecticut treasurer i mean yes um it's coming out of 1015 i'm i'm delighted to talk to her and see Mm -hmm. what it's like to be running in connecticut because you know when you run in connecticut you got to see all kinds of people and places that you don't normally get to go to so i'm interested in hearing that experience you know we forget that you know connecticut is it has a lot of rural rural places to it you know and uh that's fine Fine, fine, fine. Oh yeah, we're I know we know we're we're allowed to take just throwing this out there, take music breaks and play. Yeah, but we play songs that then they throw us off Facebook. <laughs> Is Paul talking to us? He's talking to you too. Oh, I don't even know where my phone is. Let's see. Oh, okay. Uh, oh my god, allowed to take music breaks and play songs. Yeah. Hmm. Who's trying to reach me? Somebody's trying to reach me. And ah, don't reach me. Oh, okay. I'll go talk about that later. Um, yeah, so it's very hot and it's very hazy. And um I want people to be very careful and drink lots of water because this is this kind of weather that people will fall out. And particularly if you have if you know elderly people, I've got a lot of elderly people in my neighborhood. Um, and oftentimes I see them early in the morning because they're the ones that clean up the street. You know what I mean? Like they sweep and pick up trash and, and they normally do it early in the mornings. Uh, and then I don't see them again until late, late, late afternoons when they, you know, like my neighbor across the street, she has a dog. She doesn't walk the dog. She just lets the dog, the dog just goes out. Um, but she does come outside for a few minutes. And my neighbor next door to me, to my left, Jamaican, she's always working in her backyard. So it'd be nice to just look in on them and make sure that they are all right. My friend Jonathan last night brought over some blueberry wine. I thought it was just going to be awful, but it was quite delicious. I was like, I'm pleasantly surprised. I tend to not like flavored alcohol things you know like i i don't like things that taste like fruit i mean great i mean wine is you know made from grapes but blueberries but i was pleasantly surprised and it wasn't sweet like you know you know when i think about blueberry kinds of things i always think blueberry syrup blueberry pie blueberry pancakes it was not like that at all 
it's very sophisticated blueberry. Do you know what I mean? Like it's very, very sophisticated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, Nora. So it's very sophisticated. So I was very, I was very pleased by that. So, so we sat and we drank that after I had already drank rosé for the better part of the evening. So I thought I was going to feel like awful this morning, but I don't. I didn't drink enough of it. I only had like a glass of it, like a, maybe two glasses, but it was, it was really good. So I put it in the fridge. So we'll see, you know, we'll finish it off this weekend or whatever. Tonight, today is the board retreat and um, for the arts, arts council. So, um, so that's my evening. So I won't be home until after eight. So it won't be any porching um, this afternoon or this evening. Um, I'll save it for Friday, which would probably feel like, feel more like a happy hour than, uh, you know, anything else. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yes, and Harry is on jury, jury duty and uh, he's not going to get picked. I, I will assure you. <laughs> I will assure you and uh, that's all I'm going to say about that uh, I'm checking out the New Haven Independent I see our friend Boise Kimber is on it again and he's leading the charge about uh, New Haven needs a well of course we need new leadership that's a given but um, he is concerned about these student uh, reading levels. I, I don't I don't understand why teaching children to read is so challenging. I don't I don't understand the particulars. And you know what? I'm not going to take a deep dive in. I was saying to Jonathan Berryman, Dr. Jonathan Berryman, that you know when I learned to read, I learned uh, phonetically. And it has stayed with me to this day. Even when I'm learning foreign languages, I still I still use phonics as my teaching tool. So I know how to sound out words. And we were talking about this last night. I said, you know, I don't understand this sight reading. Let's put a word in front of a kid and let them guess it. I don't, is that what they're doing? I don't understand any of that. You know, when I was a kid, every letter had a sound. And so you would learn to put letters together based on how they sound. So a W sound was a wah, wah, wah. And the H sound was ha, ha, ha. And the A sound was sometimes a A, 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 or A, A, A. And a T sound was T, T, T. You see where I'm going? So you put the W, H, A, T together. You go, wa, ha, a, T. <coughs> wa, ha, a, T. What? What? That's how I learned. So... So you learn to put letters together. So, so we learned that um, E-A-U took on the O sound. So if you spelled Margot, M-A-R-G-E-A-U-X, that was the O sound. So you would say M-A-R and the G would be, the, the G would go with the O. So it would look like M-A-R-G-O, but it would be spelled M-A-R-G-E-A-U-X. And the E-A-U-X would take on the O sound. So you would go, Mar, go, go. That's how I don't, why is this difficult? 
Oaxaca, same thing. O-A-X-A-X-A-C-A. You, you just learned that the OA took on and sound of, you know, uh, different, different, different letters together took on different sounds. Like OA took on wah, 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 wah. So you would say Oaxaca, you know, you didn't have to put a W. It just took on a W sound. So that's, that's how I learned. So I don't understand why this is so challenging. This, the T sound is t-t-t. A D sound is duh, duh, duh. And some letters take on two sounds depending on if it's a long E, like E, or a short E, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> like A, long A, eh. Or short A, ah, ah, ah. That's how I learned. So B, long B, B, short B, buff, buff, buff. C, 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 C. C sound, k, k, k. Sometimes the C and the K had the same sound. Somebody's cutting grass. That's why you hear all that goddamn, that's why you hear all that noise. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's why you hear all that noise. I just, I just don't understand it. So, so that's how I learned how to read. So I don't understand why this is such a hard, thing i don't understand it and maybe i'm missing something and there will be some school teachers who will say i'm way off or i'm right on the money or whatever but i just i remember this the c takes on a k k sound and sometimes a k took on a c sound if you put the c and the k together like back c k b a c k took on the C sound, uh, but the K sound would take a K sound if it was like kite, but the C sound would take a K sound like c -c cough. Uh, that's how I learned. <laughs> I don't understand why they're not learning it this way. So when I look at words, and I still do this when I... I, I, I've learned to break down the syllables so quickly and sound it out so quickly because I'm, you know, I'm old now. So I've learned to do it so quickly, particularly with words that I don't, I'm not familiar with or not in my everyday vocabulary. And there are words like that, right? Especially when you read all kinds of books, the way that I read all kinds of books, you come across a word that you don't know. So you sound it out. And, it, and if, and if I still think I don't get it, I'll just Google it and make it tell me what it is. But for the most part, that seems to work, you know, uh, but I just go back to the basics and I do it when I'm learning foreign, foreign languages, which is, which is no easy feat either, but at least it gives me a foundation for figuring out, you know, how, how things should sound. It, even if I don't know the meaning, how things should sound, you know? So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just at a, I'm just baffled by this whole notion of as if we've not been teaching children to read for a good while now. So anyway, I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave it alone. Um, uh, what else is going on? Oh my God. Another pedestrian, another driver kills another pedestrian. What, what is the problem? 
what is going on on Dixwell Avenue? Oh, this happened on Tuesday in Hamden. It was near George Street. Good grief. That is terrible. Ah, I don't don't want to get hit by a car. That's why I'm always careful about crossing the street. Do you know what I mean? I don't really like to cross against the light. As I'm aging, I really don't like to do it because it's quite dangerous. And I don't know if people really, I don't know if people are good drivers as they used to be. I'm not convinced. Do you know what I mean? I'm just not convinced. So I, I, I think about that often, particularly when I know, um, you know, there's all kinds of people out there driving, young, young drivers, old, old drivers. It's just people out there and I just get a little nervous. So I'm always thinking about that. And I'm always nervous when I see little kids, you know, they're, you know, crossing against traffic. And I was like, and I'm always super nervous when I see these kids on bikes. I mean, they just, you know, zip in and out of traffic. Um, and and it's, a, it's as if they're not seen, you know, and it's easy to, to not see them. So, so yeah, so while you're out there in these streets, people just be mindful. Don't be in a rush. I know you want to get to where you got to go. I get it. I get it. I'm like that too. But slow down because it's summer and all kinds of people are out and, and, and everybody's not paying attention. So, you know, when you're a driver, you have to drive for yourself and for the, and for the people in front of you, you know, and that's for pedestrians and other drivers alike. So just be mindful of that. Just, just be mindful. Gosh, you know, so high five to Reverend Kimber for just, you know, bringing the, bringing the noise. (laughs) Just, just bringing the noise. (laughs) Bringing the noise. So, so there, Ellicott was at one of my favorite places. The mayor was at one of my favorite play, places having a, I guess, every man beer with neighbors or whatever. I guess, I guess that's what they're doing. And somebody made a comment about uh, the, that's the kind of place that people who live whatever wouldn't know it. I, I didn't know what that meant. I, and I know, I, I, don't, I don't know what that meant. I don't know. So I, I I know, I see racism says, seriously, the clientele who would even know about this vegan bar hardly seem to live the lives of those most hit by this mayor's blind eye, hashtag farce. I, 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 don't, I don't know what that means. So uh, I uh, jumped in and just was like, I love the canon. I do, I actually do, I, I know them. Um, cause they came from other bars that I used to hang out at the, the woman who used to own it, uh, who owns it used to work at, um, the, the beer collective. That's how I got to know her. Um, the brother that is the chef, uh, used to be the chef at ordinary, you know, so he always had vegan things on the menu at ordinary one, you know, not, not five things, but like one thing, you know? So, um, so I just feel some kind of way when people, sort of try to, I don't know, make it, make it a, a class issue masquerading as a race, a race issue. And it's both, right? But that is neither here nor there because I, I, I go to the canon and I'm black as anybody, right? Black, 
blackity black 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 so i go to the can and i like it and my friends go with me so we like it so it it doesn't i don't feel like i'm you know i'm not i'm not anybody's upper echelon anything i'm poor i'm like a working poor so and i and i i i i don't understand when people make those those leaps so just be careful you know just just be very careful how they you know make these these statements rooted in their own privilege and racism just you know just go easy <laughs> you know we, we all have to be in the city together just just know that like we all have to be in the city together yes we want better bike lanes of course I course i want this to be a bikeable city i want this to be a city that pedestrians can enjoy i don't want this to be a city where you just need to have a car to to even get around and i don't think this is that kind of city i think you can get around new haven as a pedestrian walking or taking the bus or riding a bike we just need to make it safer right just make it safer that's all i want and that's and i and i and i don't want to be like nauseating about it like some of these people just go easy you know every, everybody's got everybody's invested in the growth development enhancement and safety of this city we we all are you know we all are so um that's it that's all i'm gonna say that's all i'm gonna say i'm just gonna it's gonna um chill and uh ugh. i tell you i i am besieged with messages love y'all thank you appreciate it all right and uh it's thursday tomorrow's friday it's uh it seems to be uh pretty quiet in the city right now which i think is good i don't unless i'm reading the news incorrectly um I don't know what else is happening. So uh, I, I, I don't know. My older will usually jump on if something is going on and says, hey, this is what's happening in our neighborhood. And I appreciate that greatly. You know, I appreciate that greatly. So uh, da, 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 da. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Huh. Ha ha ha. Um. We got pundits today at noon. We're excited about. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, what we'll talk about and all the business of the city and uh, chop it up a little bit with me, Markeisha, Paul, and Lucy. And we'll, 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 we'll rock like that. I just saw that study where... Um, now they're saying for those of us who are aging and grew up on hot dogs and chips and all that kind of stuff, that is saying that, you know, too much of that stuff is sort of like sealing your fate for Alzheimer's and dementia. And uh, I, I knew that um, on, I, I knew that cured hot dogs were bad for you. Like uh, I stopped giving my kids hot dogs um, I stopped giving my kids cured hot dogs. I would give them uncured hot dogs 
because I understood if you if you give kids like at least five hot dogs at any given time, that's like poison. So I was like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to do that. So I started buying uncured hot dogs, you know, without without the nitrates in it. But I, even if you do that, it's still it's still um, processed meat. And you just don't want to be doing that. The salt content alone is just ridiculous. So, you know, as someone who is always concerned about cognitive, cognitive skills sets, um, and I love potato chips, like, you know, we love processed things, right? Because we all grew up Twinkies and Hostess cakes and potato chips, all kinds of potato chips. We grew up summertime eating hot dogs and hamburgers and sausages and I mean we just so now they're telling us you know that's you know you can't you can't really eat that stuff <laughs> I don't know I don't know what we're gonna do are we just gonna throw asparagus on the grill and listen listen I throw asparagus on the grill I got no problems with that I love asparagus on the grill I love everything on the grill all kinds of vegetables on the grill I like fruit on the grill. Just gives you that sweetness. I get it. But I think we're going to have to give up. We're going to have to really cut back on the way that we eat in this country. I mean, I just I just think we have to. Um, and I, I need, you know what I think I want to say is I need the food production industry to be better at helping us be better at eating. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I need them to care more about the ingredients and, and stop trying to put all these things into sustain shelf life that's poisoning us, that is killing us. I, I mean, I think maybe the horse is out the gate on this. I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if manufacturing food companies can try to change or whatever or maybe we just allow for new companies to pop up that are better at in healthier ingredients that won't kill us i don't i don't know i don't know what the solution is i just feel like you know we've been fed a steady diet of just bad things that taste really 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 good <laughs> really really good you know so I don't know how we I don't know how do we we wean ourselves off the bad things we've come so accustomed to I mean what is more American than hot dogs what what they used to have the commercial baseball hot dogs apple pie and Chevrolet I mean I still remember this commercial and I think they were selling Chevrolets I think it was I think it was a truck commercial, a car commercial, baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, Chevrolet. Yeah. I mean, it's so ingrained, ingrained, the food and fast food production is so ingrained in us. I know to all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. To all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. I think that's a Big Mac. I think that's the Big Mac jingle. <laughs> You see what I mean? Like it's ingrained in us. And I don't know how we, and you know, fast food has come down. It's cheap. It's very, very cheap. 
So you had a hard day. You got to feed kids. It's getting late in the evening. Fast food, a bucket of chicken, um, biscuits, mashed potatoes, corn, gravy, and it's hot and ready to go and smells delicious and tastes delicious. I mean, what? <laughs> how do you how do you how do you combat that? You can't. So I think we have to we have to impress upon these food production companies to to take another look at their take another look at their uh, ingredients and do better for us to help us live longer and better but maybe that's and I listen listen before y'all get at me I know that's not their job I, their job is to put out a product I get it but who's to say that they can't put out a product and have some concern about what it actually does to the body right like who's to say that that can't be part of good business you know that maybe if it eats in a little bit of the profit, still, it's still good business. That's all I want to, I want to, I just want to say that. So when I'm reading that study and thinking about one more thing that we have to sort of, you know, undo from, from a lifetime of doing um, is going to be daunting and, and it's going to be, um, it's going to be challenging, particularly in poor poor neighborhoods where fast food restaurants are way more prevalent than in uh, affluent neighborhoods. You know, in affluent neighborhoods, they have to actually drive to get to fast food kinds of things. In poor neighborhoods, they are pretty, pretty readily accessible. And, you know, that is by design, I would say, um, absolutely would say. And so, uh, uh, so therein lies the problem. But if we could get these food producing companies to say, we want to put a better product out there, the one that actually helps the body instead of breaks it down, instead of creating firestorms and problems that have to be deal dealt with later in life. You know, and I know people are like, oh, well, you don't have to eat that, blah, blah, blah. I, I know, I know, we know this. but. Wouldn't it be nice though, and and humane and just good stewards to just sort of say, you know what, we we wanna we wanna put a product out there that is not only nutritious, but uh, helpful to the body. And I and you know I I see this cropping up in places. I see you know with the with the with the growing number of people going vegan. And, and, and being concerned about what they're putting in their bodies, you know. Uh, and yeah, vegans like junk food too. Vegans like chips. We like, you know, all, we want junk food. We want little cupcakes and, 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 and we want barbecue sauce. I mean, we want all the stuff, you know. Uh, but we don't want it at the, at the expense of animals. And we don't want it at the expense of, of questionable ingredients. You know, that's, that's the point that I'm making. So there's a lot of companies that are starting to sort of 
you know, uh, put products out there that address that and that support that way of thinking. And, uh, and uh, I'm very, uh, I'm very excited by that. And I, for somebody with a severe dairy allergy, it's nice to sort of um, have more products. You know, I was first diagnosed, the only thing out there was tofu and you, you had to get some tofu and, and figure out what to do with it. <laughs> and, and, and soy milk that was just awful. <laughs> awful. And uh, oh my God, I was like drinking sawdust. Uh, but now, holy cow, now there's so many good products out there. I mean, really, really good products. I mean, everything from cheese, all kinds of cheese, fancy, fancy cheese, um, che you know, cheese that can melt, cheese you could cook with, cheese, all, ki all kinds of things that don't lack flavor and texture and um, consistency. I mean, it's just amazing um, the number of um, vegan um, products that are out there for the everyday practical lives of people. You know, before you used to have to just, you know, Edge of the Woods would be like the only place you could get all these kinds of things, you know. Now you see them in mainstream grocery stores. Hell, I see them in CVS. Do you know what I mean? Like, I see them in CVS. So I'm like, oh, like, you know, like a, a vegan ice plant, plant-based because people get all bent out of shape. So plant-based um, burgers and plant-based um, um, ice creams and, and cream and milk and plant-based puddings and cakes and, you know, so, so, so it, it can be done. And I understand there are whole fast food restaurants that are vegan, um, that are vegan. In California, they're making their way um, east um, this, my sorority sister who runs, who created Slutty Vegan, um, in Atlanta is opening, uh, a, a, a store in a restaurant in New York somewhere. I want to say Brooklyn, but I could be wrong, but somewhere in New York, you know, and, uh, I, I'm just, you know, and there's other places that are sort of doing that too. You know, there, there are places that are, are, are showing up and cropping up and, and not just in effluent, not in just, but they're in, in, in urban centers where everybody can access and get to them. So I, I, I feel like New Haven is ripe for another vegan restaurant. We had a great one called Red Lento and I just loved it so much. I, I wish they would take another stab at coming back and doing their their brand of vegan food because they were extraordinary. They really were extraordinary. And uh, we used, I used to take my kids for brunch on Sundays and Saturday mornings. And oh my God, we would just eat until we, you know, I mean, we would just eat. So I miss it. I just miss a place, you know, that is just solely vegan. You know, now, now restaurants understand that they, that they they have a this is a clientele that they're missing out. This is a this is a customer base they're missing out. So they so they're offering 
you know, now menus, you, they can, they give you several vegan items on the menu to choose from, not just one and not just pasta tossed with some vegetables with olive oil. Like they are really creating some wonderful dishes out here. Um, I mean, I was at, um, uh, I was at a, a, a little French restaurant downtown um, a couple of weeks ago and they had a couple of vegan uh, options on their, their menu. And I was just like, and and vegan dessert so they and appetizers like they covered the whole the whole thing and uh i was pretty impressed so it could be done people are doing it and they're not just serving up pasta with vegetables <laughs> or giving you some dried rice with squash <laughs> they are really they're really doing some work you know i love it they're really, they're really giving, they're really uh, putting some effort in. Even the bars is, are taking a page, you know, um, of offering vegan things. I, oftentimes we see vegan sliders on pub and bar menus all across the city. Uh, uh, the Indian restaurants know it. Uh, Ordinary does it. They got one or two vegan things on their menu. Uh, so people are doing it. And I, I appreciate it. I really do. So when I go someplace, I don't gotta I don't gotta be detective. I don't gotta be detective babs and be like, okay, now short of going in the kitchen and be like, okay, let me see all the ingredients. <laughs> Show me how you make this dish. <laughs> don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. You know, short of having to do that, it's been nice to go someplace and see, oh an interesting vegan dish on, on the menu that, that took some time and not just, you know, wet mushrooms. So we're coming up on the PSA time. And then, you know what we do? We take a break. So we're going to have the PSA. We're going to have the call letters, Nora, and then the PSA, and then we'll take about a 10 minute break. And then I'll be back with uh, the lovely and talented Dr. Karen DeBose Walton, who is uh, running for uh, state treasurer uh row c so uh so we'll be back uh in a little bit and uh, i can't wait to have that conversation so uh any minute now we're gonna have the call letters because i know harry is sitting there in voir dire like what are they doing <laughs> don't mess up my situation and you're listening to there we go nhhlp 103.5 fm Streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. I'm New Haven Health Director Marissa Bond. If you or your family have COVID-19 symptoms or think you were exposed to someone with COVID, quarantine, stay home, and get tested on day five if possible. If you have COVID, isolate, wear a mask, vaccinate, get boosted, and tested as needed. Those are the best ways to stop the spread of COVID. At this time, we are vaccinating everyone ages five and up. Stay safe, New Haven. I want to dance all night, Monday morning. I'm sick of this job already. Tuesday gets here. I'm already hoping for the hump day. Wednesday night. Girls, making sure our plans are still tight. 
Thursday brings a smile I won't be putting up with this book in a little while Me and my girls returned it up last week Boys love this club cause ladies get in free They love to party Welcome back to the second hour of Love Bass Love Talk. I'm delighted this morning because I get to talk a little politics. <laughs> I have the lovely and talented Dr. Karen DuBois Walton on. Y'all know she is running for a uh, treasurer of these of this Connecticut state, and uh, she's on row C. So uh, I'm I'm so glad I get a chance to talk to her before August 9th when y'all go and vote for her. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I could be doing that, but I just did it. So Karen, tell me. Um, what's it been like to, to, to run at this level? You've been all over the state. I follow you on Instagram. I follow you on Facebook. I follow you on all the other social media sites. And I see you are in these smaller towns and other places. What's it like to zigzag the, the state? And what are you hearing? Well, good morning, first of all. And thank you. It's always good to be with you. You know, I love you, love Babs. 
Um, <laughs> this has been so much fun. You know, we have been using this theme of, of getting into every community we can possibly get to on Main Streets and Elm Streets because the, you know, the concept is my work has been um, helping families who are everyday families working hard to, uh, to make ends meet. And so we want to show that, you know, others might be working Wall Street or corporate law jobs, but the work I do has been the work that really hits, uh, hits folks at home. So we have been to really the, the big cities. Um, we've certainly been in Hartford and Bridgeport and New Haven and New London and Stanford and right all, all of those. But we've been in the suburbs. Um, we've spent time in, in Hamden and, um, and, and the small towns, right? We've been in, in Haddam, East Haddam and in Washington Depot and, uh, and all, all over the state. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful an opportunity to talk to people about what I've done and my vision for the, for the treasurers and why people should care about the treasurer's office. Cause it's not first of mind for a lot of folks when you think about elected office. I, I think you're right. So you, you came out of the Democratic Convention without the nomination. And the person who got the nomination, Eric Russell, lovely young man. I met him a few months ago at a, at a bourbon and cigar party. He was charming, lovely, smart, everything we want uh, young Black men to be. His husband is a lovely person. Um, but people came out of that convention like, we didn't know her. We like her. What about her? We want to hear more about her. No shade to him. I think he's amazing, lovely, beautiful young man. But people are very interested in you. And so when you came out of that convention, um, you, you had a choice to make. You could either not continue or you could continue. So what was that? What were those moments like when you got this groundswell of support about we think you should do this? That's exactly what it felt like. It was a groundswell of support and energy. When you think about this race, right? Um, unlike um, my, my friends who were about and about the state for over almost a year crisscrossing around the Secretary of State's office, um, when you think about this one, this was a really quick um, run up to convention. So our current treasurer, Sean Wooden, announced about three and a half, four weeks prior to the Democratic convention that he wasn't going to run again. And so I ramped up a campaign really quickly and needed to get in touch with 2000 delegates across the state to introduce myself and say, hey, um, you know, I am the right one for a state state treasurer. And I was up against two people who honestly had served as party vice chair. They knew all of those folks. They had their numbers in their phone, programmed in their phone while we were still, you know, chasing down meeting them. So we knew we went in there at somewhat as a, uh, you know, at, at, a, at a disadvantage to get in there. But we knew that if we could reach people, touch people and share our story that we could, we had a compelling story to tell. So we spent the time getting to as many delegates as we could and then getting to convention um, and talking to folks and getting an opportunity on stage to introduce myself. And people were very receptive and they said, wow, we wish we'd known you. And now that we know you, like, this is great. We we love you. And you know, it's, it's so hard when you, I've been here in New Haven working so hard and certainly I'm a well-known person in, in New Haven. And I'm, I got to be, you know, somewhat known through the State Board of Ed work, but you know, I wasn't known across the state in all the sort of political circles of the of the small DTCs and the large DTCs across our state. And so the convention put me on the on the map with them and they were like, wow. And I joke because um, I came <laughs> I came off the, the stage and uh, got a chance to talk to people. And then I went out to where our campaign table was and I hadn't had a chance to get my own T-shirt yet. And I said, let me go over there and grab a T-shirt. And the, the woman who was who was uh, personing our, our table was like, 
I don't have any t-shirts left. Like, I don't know what you just said on that stage, but <laughs> everybody came out here and was like, I need a Karen Dubois Walton t-shirt. And that was that sort of energy and excitement. So coming out of there, as someone not well-known, we captured about 30% of the, the delegates against, um, you know, again, two folks who were, who had been party uh, vice chair, against someone who had run four years ago, I ended up, you know, coming in with 30%. And so, yes, there was energy. And that energy continued and folks got behind us and, and raised, gave us the money we needed to qualify. And folks continue to reach out and say, hey, you know, come to our town, come talk to us, come, come talk to our voters. And so it's been really wonderful. And here we are positioned now just five days away. Oh my gosh. Democratic primary. I love it. I love it. So, so Karen, give people an understanding of what the treasurer does and why that role is so important um, to, to anybody on Main Street and, and Elm Street. Absolutely. The treasurer is the, um, is the, uh, really has a key role in the fiscal health of our state, right? So one important piece of it is the management of the investments of the state, and many of those investments are the pension dollars. So many of us know, are, are friends with, are neighbors with somebody who is a state employee, a state retiree, um, some municipal uh, em employees and retirees, and public school teachers. Their retirement funds, their promise was made to them, do your best, work hard in these jobs, and we are going to, we're going to pay you a fair wage, good benefits, and you're going to have a pension one there for you at the end. Well, the state is responsible for managing that, and the treasurer's office manages that. And, and for, for far too long, for, for decades, that money was mismanaged and led to a real shortfall in the, in the pension funds. And so a key role of the treasurer is going to be how to stay true to that promise to retirees by good fiscal management of that money. And so I have experience doing that when I worked in city hall, managed public pension. I've been running a housing authority, managing investments. I um, manage investments for a family philanthropy fund that I'm the chair of. So lots of experience with how you grow money, make sure it's gonna be there for people. So that's one piece of it. As we grow that money, we also wanna make sure we're investing in the right, right things, things that align with our values. I've got experience with that also. So that's a huge piece. Also, the treasurer is about, though, public investment. So we know that as a state, we borrow money to help fund the important things that have to happen, housing investments, schools, uh, infrastructure, roads, bridges. These kinds of things are done um, with money that the state invests in, in, and borrows. Well, the treasurer is a key person sitting at the table helping to shape what those investments are and making sure we make good financial decisions. Well, that's what I've done, Babs, right? You look across the city of New Haven, I have been using public dollar in really sound ways to make investments that have given people high quality communities to live in. So I know how to do that piece too. And then the third piece of the job is the stuff that touches working families, touches families across the state around, how do we help families be in a better, stronger financial place in their lives? Um, if you have a young person, maybe you invested in the CHET Higher Ed 529 um, program, that's out of the treasurer's office. Our current treasurer proposed a baby bonds program meant to really get our littlest ones off to the right start. So they'll be by 18, they'll have a little, little nest egg there, um, help close the wealth gap. Well, those kinds of programs happen out of the treasurer's office. And uh, this is what I've been doing for families and successfully for some of the lowest income families in our communities, helping them move from places of, of underemployment, unemployment, minimum wage into having savings, good credit scores, um, able to buy homes, start businesses, because I know how to listen to what families need, design programs that work for them, and then um, implement those. And that's the third piece of the treasurer's office. 
Can somebody do that? Yes, I can. So it's a really important office that we may not always think about, but it's so key to the fiscal health of the state and to the financial well-being of families. And that's why I'm excited about it. Oh, I love this. This is good energy. This is good energy. And I and I could imagine that this would resonate whether you live in a city or you live in a rural community. The issues are not dissimilar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. We all need, I mean, if we're going to think about economic growth in our state, um, we have got to absolutely be attracting and supporting good business. But business is not going to grow if we are not addressing the unaffordability of housing in our community and the shortfall around, around housing. That is not just an urban issue. That is that every community in our state is experiencing the challenge of not enough housing, not enough housing at a price point that people can afford. Um, and we need a constitutional officer. We need somebody in the treasury's office who's gonna really bring um, a track record of knowing how you invest in, in housing is, is one example of how we're gonna spur economic growth. And when I talk about that, in when I was up in the, Washington, the Northwest corner in Washington, Connecticut, that resonated um, just as it does when I'm in Norwich, um, talking to, to families there. It is, it's, we're, we're experiencing crisis around rental prices, um, crisis around finding places to live. Um, and so that's going to be a big piece of what I'm focused on. Mm. And, and, you know, I, I, I love that you said that because New Haven is experiencing a housing boom, but it's not housing that everyone can have access to, at least from where I sit, I could be really wrong. Uh, and, and I and I know how challenging challenging it is to find housing. Um, I, I think a lot about Karen about how young people uh, can't stay in the state after they've you know uh, c- either they come back from an educational experience they graduate or they're in state and having an educational experience, but they don't they don't find this place affordable, attractive enough to stay because they can't afford it. How do how do you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, we have been in decades of underproduction around housing, which is driving the, the problem we're in right now. And what we're currently building in places like my own home city here of New Haven isn't meeting the needs of the of the full range of folks who, who need um, opportunity for, for housing. And so it is, it's pricing far too many folks out. And I think if we don't think differently about housing production, we're gonna end up with places that are unrecognizable and and are not not places that offer opportunity for all. I'm so glad you mentioned young people though, because I am so proud to have been endorsed by the young Democrats. Um, (laughs) And so I I carry a a few endorsements. I'm endorsed by the Working Families Party. Um, I'm endorsed by the young Democrats. Both of those are very meaningful to me because they say, they send a, there's a stamp of approval, it's an endorsement, it says to the world that Karen is the one who has been fighting for working families in our community for decades. And the young Democrats says, this is somebody who is paving a future for us that that is gonna enable us to do just what you say, stay, continue to call Connecticut home, attract more people to Connecticut, start, you know, start our professional lives, our, our young adult lives, or build our families here. Um, they see something in me that's based in the track record of what I've done for over 25 years in this community that lets them know they should put their their support behind me um, for, for the future of Connecticut. Mm. So Karen, talk to me a little bit about um, uh, stepping into this role um, at this particular point in your life. Like, why is this a good time for you to be doing this? This feels like the perfect time to be doing this because the first part of my tenure at at the Housing Authority of New Haven, Elm City Communities, 
um, we had a lot to do to write the ship here internally and to work on our own portfolio. And so we were consumed around that and have done a tremendous job. And the latter part of my, of my tenure has allowed me to look up and say, we can do all of this amazing work within the footprint of the New Haven Housing Authority. And it's still not gonna make a dent in the hundreds of thousands of families who need help across our state. And so we started, I started working more regionally. I started working first on sort of helping to push the, the needle on city housing policy, served on the affordable housing commission that became a task force, which became the affordable housing commission. Then started really engaging regionally, worked with the council of governments around how are we thinking about policy more regionally, then got involved in statewide advocacy, pushing for legislative change, because these things have to change at the state and regional level in order to create the kind of change we want. It's why I got involved in the intersection of housing and education and worked on it right here with New Haven Public Schools and our local partners, got tapped by Governor Lamont to come on and, and serve on the State Board of Education and then elevated by him to be chair of the State Board of Education, because we need to attack these, these issues from that statewide level, from that, from that broader framework. So this feels like the right time for me to bring the experience of having worked closely enough to families to know what families want and need and what works for them, and to bring that to the level of a constitutional officer sitting side by side with our governor, who we got to fight to make sure he gets back in in, in November, um, sitting in partnership with our legislative um, leadership and, and membership to make sure we're driving a statewide agenda that creates opportunity for all families in our state. So talk to me, Karen, a little bit about how do you plan to work with uh, Democrats and Republicans alike? Uh, how, do you, how, do you, how do you plan to do that? Now, I know your reputation of being one of these people that can bring all kinds of people to the table. Like you have that reputation. Like I've never seen you not have all the right parties at the table. But politics of, at this level is a little different. And, and we've seen, we've seen um, partisanship, bipartisanship go awry. How do, you, how, do you, how, do you, how do you bring all these disconnected pieces together under under the under the 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 realization that um, listen, this is how we have to spend this money, or this is what this money can do. How do you how do you plan to bring people to the table to talk about those kinds of issues? Absolutely. Look, I am unapologetically focused on we need to get Democrats back in office at the state at the statewide level because we see that the agenda of Democrats is what serves working hardworking families across our state. It's an agenda that's pushing for, um, for, for inclusion of all voices to make sure everybody's vote counts. And it's an agenda that's pushing for, um, for tax relief and, and economic growth for, for all families. It's an agenda that's focused on women's rights and reproductive rights and, and justice. We, we know who's aligned there. But I recognize that as a constitutional officer, that I would be elected to serve all residents of, of the state. And so um, moving that agenda forward will not possibly be done in isolation of folks who hold other beliefs and, and, and come, come at it from different perspectives. The things that the treasurer cares about, um, economic growth in our state, uh, we need to be able to speak in a language that, that everybody is committed to economic growth in our state. Um, the things that I care about around housing production um, and, and good public sector investments 
Um, that we need to be able to speak about in a language that benefits everybody, because whether your town is led by a Republican uh, first select person or mayor or a, a Democratic uh, first select person or, or mayor, uh, towns need investment in order for us to, to grow. And so I think there's going to be an, an ability to bring folks together around an agenda that's about economic growth and economic um, uh, progress for our families. Um, that uh, that's going to enable us to put some things on the table and priorities and and then and then move them forward. Um, but it's got to be done, I think, with that vision at the top that aligns with what working families need. And I believe that to be a democratic vision. Now, you are no stranger to the conversations about how do we have economic growth and do some tax reform of some property tax reform, some tax reform, Absolutely. because people feel very sort of strongly that um, they're getting less and less and less as their tax base goes higher, higher, higher. Not an unfamiliar conversation at all, right? And we have to we have to recognize that as a state, um, the state has has really gotten itself on much stronger financial footing under the leadership of our of our current administration, Governor Lamont, uh, uh, Lieutenant Government Bicewitz, um, the legislative leadership that have moved us moved us forward, much better position um, fiscally than we were. Uh, four years ago, and and they they deserve credit for that. Um, and yet and still, we all know that it is painful to go to the gas pump, and it is painful to go to the grocery store and have your bill easily be fifty dollars higher than it was uh, a a few months ago. And so people are feeling that economic pressure, even as there are signs of of you know, more, uh, more solid economic footing for the state. So we, we can't lose sight of that. And as somebody who's been fighting for working families uh, every day, and as someone who does her own grocery shopping and, 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 and knows what that, what that feels like, right? We're very connected to those, to those issues of growth. And we have to be focused on providing relief. We continue to have a, a uh, regressive taxation system. I will be a strong advocate for progressive policy at the state level. That includes real reform on property on property tax. We for far too long have let the extremely wealthy pay less than their share while working class and middle class families absorb the, the bulk of the tax burden. That's un, untenable. It, we cannot continue in that way. We are, we are hurting families. We are starving our public education system. We, that cannot continue. And so another reason I think you need to be for me is I think we need a real strong progressive voice at that level, at a constitutional officer who is going to push and hold folks accountable for these. And this is not something I've got involved in because I was interested in running for office. This is my life. I have been fighting on the ground on progressive cause, causes, a lifetime, lifelong member of the NAACP, served two terms on the Planned Parenthood of Southern New England board, worked on the PP Votes CT PAC, um, have fought for mental health parity, sat on boards related to, to mental, mental health care. Um, like this, this is just who I who I am. It's the way I've led the housing authority. We've dared to do things that nobody else. What 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 landlord canceled rent during the pandemic? Well, we did. <laughs> like we lead from a place of value that says we understand that. It, yeah, our our funding was tight during the pandemic, but we could absorb that as the housing authority multi million dollar entity. We could absorb that far more than passing that down to the. To, the, to our residents who are our lowest income um, families who were hit hardest by the pandemic. 
those are the, we have to keep focused on who are we really here to serve and how do we make government really work for folks? And that's the voice you get from me. That And, and again, it's like, you could say, oh, she talks a good game, but you don't just have to listen to what I say. I got a 25 year track record behind me of, of what I've done that really shows that that's the way we lead. Mm. So Karen, I, I know that you chair the education commission. What is it? The state, state education. board of education. Yes. yes. Now there, there's a whole lot of conversation about education in the state and how, and, and this is not just unique to Connecticut, but for the sake of we're in Connecticut, oh, we, we are, we are reimagining, or at least I think we ought to start reimagining how we educate children, but talk to me a little bit about reading readiness and what schools are doing. And um, are we still having fights about charter schools and their relevancy and are they taking money away from the education program? Talk to me about what you know, where we are uh, educationally. Absolutely, right? Um, we just saw Connecticut be ranked by you know national, national rankings as having the number two school district in the entire country. And so that should be something that absolutely we can say, wonderful, there are, there are things that are working amazingly well across the state in education. But to take to take that to keep that as the takeaway, and fail to address the fact that there continue to be huge disparities in opportunity and disparities in achievement and disparities in the way we're funding and the disparity in the outcome that we're achieving for kids would would totally miss the mark and would leave uh, far too many kids behind. So as chair of the state board, I'm 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 thrilled to be there and able to support a commissioner who's focused on equity. Um, be surrounded by board members and a team at the SDE who is focused on the fact that ranking number two is great, but it no means nothing if we aren't doing, if we aren't, if we aren't providing a number one public school education for every child across our community. So we're really focused on a few things. Um, one is absolutely we, we we need to address the, inequ the continued in inequities in, in school funding, and that that's that's that goes without saying, and it's part of why I push for progressive tax taxation reform and um, on that front as well. Um, but we need to ensure that every every learner in our in our public school system has access to um, teachers who who look like them and represent the diversity of our state that those teachers are equipped to teach a curriculum that represents a culturally relevant and a truthful curriculum that really um, tells absolutely the, the it's gonna resonate and connect with the students in, in the classroom, that we're creating classrooms where kids have opportunities to interact and learn with people who represent the diversity of, of our state, and that we're addressing the uh, emotional, social emotional needs of our, of our learners and our educators and the folks, anyone who's touching, touching our children. And so if we stay anchored to those things, that's that's where we need to go. There are a ton of debates. People have come and, and, and been very vitriolic in front of the State Board of Ed about curriculum and, and are we teaching critical race theory and should we be doing that? Um, we had ardent debates, people coming in saying, you know, we were damaging our kids by by requiring masks um, and and you know and COVID safe safe practice. Uh, practices those national debates they are absolutely alive here in here in Connecticut and so that's we have to remain look did you if you follow the Guilford Board of Ed election the most most recent one right I it did out, it played out right there um so there are absolutely ardent debates about this we have got to remain focused on the fact that every young person every learner must graduate our schools ready um and if our kids are not reading at level if our kids don't have numeracy skills 
Um, if our kids are not exposed to the, the, the things that are going to prepare them for the careers of today and the future, then we're doing a disservice. And so I think every district across the state needs to take a real hard look at how they're preparing kids for the diverse world they're entering into. Even those schools that score at the top on most rating lists need to take a hard look at, are we really preparing our young people for the diversity of the world that they're going into? Have we really provided an uh, equity frame to their education, a culturally relevant frame to their education? Um, and and I, I will work, continue to work hard, uh, passionately on this, whether I am continuing as state board chair or when elected to treasurer and step away from that role as treasurer, um, that is something that I, I don't think there's anything more important and no greater public trust than the care of our young people and, and their public education. Mm. So you will not be the first black woman to be treasurer of no. uh, Connecticut. Um, that path was it's already been laid. <laughs> so talk about where this lands for you now as a woman of color, as a black woman specifically, um, and, 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 um, stepping into this arena, it's still very difficult. It's still very challenging. It, uh, raising money is still, uh, hard. Talk to, talk a little bit about what this means as a, as a black woman and how you maneuver this and walk through the world, um, as that. You know, Black women remain the backbone of the Democratic Party. We're the backbone of a, a whole lot of things, right? Backbone of the Democratic Party. Um, and we absolutely should be respected in the process and wield the sort of, of influence in the process that um, correlates to the amount of political power, of political um, votes that, that, that we deliver and the, the power that, that, uh, that our vote, that our vote carries. So I've been very proud to be, um, to be working and carrying forth a, a voice that rep, rec, represents and recognizes um, this large aspect of our population, um, Black women. I've gotten support across the board. There, there are, there are many people who recognize um, the importance of having um, representative government and being able to see see yourself in it. And the fact that um, that pretty much regardless of how our how our ticket shakes out, that we're going to have a, t a democratic ticket that is a diverse ticket. That's that's great progress in our state because it's beginning to look more and more like our more and more like our our um, our state. Uh, so that's really important. But it is hard. It is hard to be um, not part of the network that um, historically has um, has led and and controlled politics. It's hard to break into those into those circles and networks. There are conversations and stuff that gets passed down in those informal ways um, when you're an insider. That doesn't happen when you're an outsider, and so you got to fight your way in and and show up and um, and make sure it happens um, and. Uh, you know, and then that's that's the challenge. I'll tell you what 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 has been amazing has been um, the level of support that I have gotten. Yes, from other Black women, um, but the broad broad level of support across um, all demographics of folks who have gotten behind and say, um, "This is yes, we're excited that you're a Black woman in this race, but we're excited you're a, you are more than qualified for this role. We are able to get behind." you because your career in public service aligns with the treasurer's office, your, your financial management service, your um, background, your public service background, your public investments, your working for working families, all of that um, positions, positions me perfectly for this role. And people have been excited to jump on for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so um, talk to me about um, the work ahead. What are you going to do in these next four days? 
these next few days? Like what, 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 what do you, what do you get to do? Keep finding myself in every possible corner of the state I can, where there are voters, making sure people know August 9th is the democratic primary, that your voice is important and your voice is demonstrated through your vote. So to come out. So I will be in as many places as one can possibly be over the, the next five days um, talking to folks. We have a great, great um, uh, turn out the vote kind of uh, operation. I'm so thankful to be endorsed by the Working Families Party. They are a force um, and, and are providing a great, great resource for us. I'm so proud to be endorsed by young Democrats. Um, young people are our today and they are our future and the energy that they, that they bring to this and the ability to get everywhere is amazing. Um, it, you, if you have not seen my commercial, um, then you just have not. I love this commercial. <laughs> you, you've I, been I like under it. a rock somewhere. So you will continue to see me on the airwaves, um, streaming on social media. Um, you will have at least three, maybe four mailers in your mailbox that are introducing. So you'll, you'll continue to see that lawn signs. Anyone want a lawn sign? Let me know. Yes. Wonderful. Our lawn signs are going up all over the state um, because the idea right now is about connecting with voters. We've got, we just had a virtual phone bank um, last night. We've got more phone banking, canvassing, all of that happening because the energy right now is touch as many voters, get a voter to tell another voter to tell another voter um, so that we can really turn out the vote on, on August 9th. Um, let's challenge that stereotype that it is August 9th election. Nobody cares about a primary. Let's challenge that and show people what we can do. We know how New Haven turns out. Let's let's do it. Let's do it in force. But let's do it across the state and make sure that people exercise their vote and have a choice. Um, you have at least two. Some places will have a state rep or on, on the primary as well. But for everybody, you will have an opportunity to choose on treasurer and secretary of state and make your voice heard. Yes. So aside from this, this campaign that you've, I've watched you run, I'm watching you run, you, you seem to be enjoying it. How do you, how do you take care of yourself through all of this? Because it cannot be easy zigzagging this state and Connecticut is not a huge state, but it does take time to get across it. Talk to me about how do you, how do you care for yourself? What, what what does your self-care routine or ritual look like? How does Karen recharge and get ready for the next, you know, the next day or the next moment? Let me tell you, if I am, am in any way possible to make my route zigzag through New Hallville, I drive by and see if the porch party is happening <laughs> so that I can join Babs Porch. <laughs> and sit with, you know, I, because I do recharge. I recharge in the company of the people who love me and have loved on me for, for, for ever. Right. Um, so I've got an amazingly supportive husband, shout out to Kevin Walton. Um, I've got amazing two young, young men who are, who are um, just, I look at them and I know that this is why I, I, I I'm doing what I do because they are just amazing um, representations of what our next generation is going to be. I got a circle of, of, of particularly women, sister friends, but, 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 but a circle of friends who are just amazing. Um, so that time to be able to recharge with in the company of people I love is wonderful. Um, I haven't been, I've been all over the state. Um, a Sunday morning will find me in a church though. I do not miss an opportunity to be in a church because my faith grounding is very important to me. Um, when I am home, I'm at, I'm at Bethel AME Church, um, but I have had, a, I've been at, able to hear some amazing words, amazing preachers all across the state. So Sunday morning, I, regardless of what's happening, you know, my schedule is going to include having time 
um, for, for worship and for prayer and contemplation. And that grounds me. Um, and I haven't been able to pick up any books lately, but when I can pick, get back to picking up my books, it's always um, my own quiet time with a book is how I recharge. I, love I follow it. your your reading list too to see what you're what you're reading. <laughs> Four hundred souls is on my. It's next to my bed, but I I I will crack it. I haven't I haven't it's gotten an it. But I know that you read. just finished it or or you're about to finish. No, I I finished it. I moved on to a, a couple of other things, but it it is a it 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 is a a, a is a life changing read. I mean, you think you know something about our history in this country since 1619, but you when you hear the personal stories or you hear stories that are not, that you don't get access to because, you know, it's just not taught. Uh, it is, it is, it does um, excite you for what the possibilities could be for us in this country. Mm. I, I will say that. So, um, so when you, when you, when you, when you, when you're a treasure and you got some time. <laughs> I do miss my books. <laughs> you, you, you get to it. I so thank you so much for your time this morning, uh, Dr. DeBose Walton. I am a huge fan, and uh, and I know people have already let me know that they voted absentee uh, because they were going to be away and they didn't want to miss opportunity to cast their vote for you. So uh, whatever happens, uh, you are still a winner to me. So love you, I, love you. I'm just grateful. So so uh, we'll we'll keep up the good work. We all cheer for you, and we'll do all we can. And uh, you got a friend in me forever. So thank you. You know, I'm president of the Babs fan club. So <laughs> love you. Thank you so much. Um, thank and you. absolutely uh, get out and vote. Rosie, I'm on Rosie. Let me, let me, let me put this, let me put this back up. So people <laughs> I love it. I love it. See it. I want you to see it. So thank you, Karen DeBose Walton. I see you out here in these streets soon. Take care. All right, Nora, play us out. Thank you so much for holding it down for Harry, who is at jury duty. And I'm sure he didn't get picked. So <laughs> I'll see y'all at 12 o'clock on Pundits where we're going to talk about all the politics of the city uh, today. So I will see y'all later. Thank you, Dr. DeBose Walton. Thank you, Nora. And I will see y'all. Yeah.